0: To an extra crispy episode of Ghostbite Cast, I am Gavin Fury.
1: I'm Audrey Reader, and very confused at this very moment.
0: We're both very tired.
1: It's yeah, it's true. So tired. <laughs> tired of you, Gavin.
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm tired of me too. <laughs> oh wait, no, I take it back. Uh,
1: so it's been like what, two weeks since we published Justice, Justice, Justice. Just, Justice just, peeves. <laughs> has
0: it? I have no sense of time. I anymore. don't either. I I, work too much.
1: Yeah, you're right, you're
0: right. There is no such thing as days.
1: Yeah. Um what does happen on days is listening to good music. So yeah. what's what's something you've been listening to, Gab?
0: I have been listening to the latest Dark Tranquility album, uh, called the Moment. They are one of my favorite Swedish melodic metal bands and they put out a new album in I think November and it's been making me happy. I really like it because it's, it's very heavy but it also um is very melodic as the, the subgenre implies. Um but it's also not angry.
1: It's not angry. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's very it's very life affirming. And it's heaviness. <laughs> Alright, cool. <laughs> what about you? What have
1: you been listening um, to? Yesterday was April 16th. And that means The Struts uh, released a new song with a girl that I don't remember her name. But it's called Loki and Love, and it's just been on repeat. But then again, so has Taylor Swift's version of Fearless, uh, Taylor's version So. I apologize. <laughs> the Taylor cut. Taylor cut. I
0: don't think she had a it it died, but oh. Too soon. Too soon. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay, Gavin. You know you know the um the show i Carly?
0: I'm aware of okay. that it exists. Do you
1: have you seen like all the memes about Gibby? Who's Gibby? Gibby is the um What's the term for this? Like, you always have this one character. Like, you designated fat friend or something. He's kind of like Aww. that character.
0: <laughs> um, a stereotype? So Yeah, a stereotype. He's just stereotypical <laughs> fat guy
1: who is funny. Uh, so, okay. like, he's always ripping off his shirt and everything and like, always going, Give it. But! <laughs> <laughs> Holy
2: shit.
1: <laughs> oh my god, do you seriously not know these memes? No. Oh, I'll have to show you after this. But, um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, i Carly. The basis plot of iCarly Carly is the two girls, the two main characters have like their own little web show, right? And one of the little segments, uh, it's about Gibby and what he's thinking about. And the, the little theme tune is, what's Gibby thinking about? <laughs> and so that's what how I'm going to do this next part. Ooh. So what's Gavin drinking today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we are recording this at like 10 in the morning, 10. so I am... It's currently 10:57. 10:57. Wow.
1: We got a late start. It
0: takes us a long time to set this up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I'm so I'm not having a beer. Not saying there's anything wrong with having a beer at this time. Live your life. Uh, But I'm I'm having coffee. A French press, some uh, Blue Rose Ethiopian single origin. Blue Rose is a uh, new-ish coffee shop uh, downtown Parkersburg. Street, I can't remember the exact address, but I've been really digging their coffee lately. Uh, they have an online subscription service uh, where you can order it, which really works for me because I work 12 godforsaken hours every day, and so I don't have time to get to a coffee shop during normal coffee shop hours. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to have a, a local place to support again, because it seems like every time we have a decent coffee shop, it turns into shit like they make all these promises about all the different beans they're going to carry and local roasters and everything and yeah. then it's just like a matter of time before it turns into a bar <laughs> instead or something that's actually going to work because nobody around here gives a shit about anything Yeah. You're right. um yeah that's that's what i'm drinking what are you drinking water yeah.
1: <laughs> oh um before, excuse the click, um, before we go on, I would like to share a, it's not really a poem, but just an <laughs> insert. I read it as a poem, I'll tell you that. So when I got to Gavin's house this morning, uh, there was a notebook on his counter, and so I picked it up because that's where I write, like, our flow chart for the day for our podcast, and I started reading the first page, and it was just beautiful. So I'm going to read it to you now. <laughs> French vanilla-mocha hybrid, like the best cup of coffee and on a pillow. That's what the mouth feels like. Drinking coffee filtered through a temperpedic. This is fucking NASA technology right
0: here. As anybody who listens to this knows, I am into beer, and so I write, not necessarily reviews, but They're I just take... No, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't like to call them reviews because I'm not technically... I like to take notes on what I'm taking or what I'm tasting and I've had a lot of beers. I'm coming up on seven thousand unique beers. It's and, so many uh, <laughs> yes. Uh and I've kept track of of all of them. So uh she found an old notebook where I you know, I don't I don't try to write the official thing, you know, online in the moment. Um, always, especially if I'm doing a marathon type thing, so I keep a notebook and just jot down notes as I'm drinking, and uh, the further I get, the more interesting they become. The sloppier the notebook. (laughs) (laughs) And also, yeah, uh, my handwriting sucks under best circumstances.
1: There's another one that I found as well while I was looking through the notebook, that it's just something I feel like needs to be shared. Uh, So if you follow us on Twitter... We already posted that link this morning. Uh, but Gavin wrote an article on the top ten beers to have a chicken nuggets,
0: which actually turned into the top eight.
1: Yeah, but this missed... two, two beers
0: turned out to be quite shit with chicken nuggets.
1: Oh shoot, which ones <laughs> no. were they? No,
0: I, no, <laughs> it's actually, it was a it was planned to be a top ten because ten is a nice round number, but uh, I wasn't able to get a hold of. 10 ideal beers at at that moment. It was something I just decided to do one afternoon. So I was like, I sat down and made a working list in my head and and jotted it down and then ventured out to see if I could track down all the beers. And um, some of them I ended up cutting because I reconsidered and then availability was an issue on some, but, but yeah.
1: If you do look at that article, um, every like little like, not subgenre, but like every little
0: every every beer. So it, I talk yeah. about each beer individually. It's yeah. a listicle kind of.
1: Yeah, type. so like every uh little like bullet point, whatever you would call it. Uh, it, ha- it has its own picture of that beer surrounded by nuggets, and it's I mean, it's it's so beautiful. <laughs> So artsy, so indie.
0: I forgot all about it <laughs> until you opened this notebook and found the like working list <laughs> before I read it. Well,
1: if anyone's interested in knowing what they are and don't want to read that article, uh, sorry, Gavin. Uh, Trogs.
0: Trogs, Nugget Nectar. So I think uh, out of those beers that are written there, only one actually made it onto the list. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Well, it <laughs> was Mad <Matt> Tree Shade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, his original list, you have to go to the article for the actual list, but his original list was trogs, Nugget Nectar, New Belgium Fat Tire. <laughs> what is this again?
0: Laryngitis Little Scorpion?
1: <laughs> no! <laughs>
0: it's Loganitas Little Something Something.
1: Loganitas? <laughs> yeah. When I first read this one, I really thought it said Laryngitis Little Scorpion Something so it's
0: not um, uh, the fourth one was Mad Tree Shade yeah. um, so Nugget Nectar was not in season mm. that's a seasonal beer and I thought of it immediately because one, Nugget. it would make a great pairing Nugget is a kind of hop uh, and of course the name, it was just low-hanging fruit <laughs> slam dunk ah, <laughs> um, but it wasn't in season at the time and I and, that occurred to me after I was like yeah I gotta do it New Belgium Fat Tire I just don't love that beer in general I'm not a big amber person Um, Lagunitas Little Something Something uh, is a good beer and it would be good with nuggets but I decided I didn't want to give them shout out (laughs) (laughs) okay well they're they have a history of being of railing against the predatory practices of large beer companies, and when I say large beer companies, I'm talking about the huge parent companies of some of these brands. Um, and then, as soon as they got a little money in their pockets, they started emulating those practices. And I wasn't a fan of the hypocrisy, so I don't, I don't really drink Lagunitas anymore. But Matt Tree Shade, fucking great. Get you some.
1: Have you ever seen that video? Um, it's one of the Joe's, Joe License, uh things, but it's basically something where he like helps out companies and like just people in general.
0: Uh, Joe Lysette has your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think
1: so. But he does one where he helps this little brewing company uh, fight back against Hugo Boss because they were called Boss Brewing, and Hugo Boss was absolutely it. Like, insanely mad that they had the same name. Because he tried to copyright Boss.
0: (laughs) That's fucking stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I will say that the beer industry is... And that that makes it even funnier, because, like, a cornerstone of the beer industry is intellectual property theft. (laughs) Like, every beer tries to have somebody else's logo... On their label, or, or you know, there's there's like seven thousand breweries in the country, and of those seven thousand breweries are making a hundred beers a year, and you got to name those beers, and so eventually you're, and you, and you want something that's going to draw the consumer in and be culturally relevant. So, you know, there there are meme beers, but there are, there are also things that, like there are like seven million fruity pebbles beers that have some. Form of Bernie Pebbles logo, like the font and everything, and and there's so much blatant theft that it's absolutely ridiculous for someone. To, <laughs> there's like a million examples that someone could actually legally go after them, and this is what someone chooses to yeah. focus on. That's that's rich. I'll I'll share
1: that link with you and on the Twitter account.
0: Yeah, I want to see that.
1: It was that's, it was pretty cool. good. Yeah.
0: I know, I can't remember, oh, I wish I knew what the brewery was, but there was, there was a brewery a couple of years ago that tried to name a beer, uh, beer Yonce, <laughs> and got a C&B from Beyonce, oh which I was gosh. sad about, but also understood. That's
1: ridiculous. It's yeah, just
0: something funny. It doesn't... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, we have six more. Six more. On this list of yours. Oh, boy. Sassin? Cezanne de Pont.
1: Oh, I thought it was DuPont.
0: <laughs> that's my favorite that yeah. joke
1: really yeah.
0: about the C8. <laughs> yeah. Brewed with real C8. Western well, yeah. chicken beer right
1: there.
0: Saison DuPont is the preeminent Saison. It's so good. And for the record, if you're having chicken nuggets and you've got access to Saison DuPont, you would be doing yourself a great disservice not to pair that. Although it did not go on the list. Because I couldn't find any. Which is sad. I
1: don't wanna attempt to say the next one. Show I was I was actually really close to how. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a brown ale from Jackie O's. Mm. Um and that is very easy to find, but um I didn't include it on the list. Why didn't I include it on the list? That's an excellent question. I don't know. I think back in 2016, I think that might have, which is when I wrote this article, I think that was before Jackia's had a wider distribution footprint than they do now. Their stuff wasn't really making it to Marietta, so I would have had to have driven to Athens. And this was something that I kind of just did in an afternoon. Um, because I also, part of it was, I wanted the article to actually be useful, especially to local people. So if you can't, you know, find it in in or around Parkersburg, then I didn't think there was much of a point of including it because I wanted the list to actually inspire people to go and drink these beers with chicken nuggets and experience the flavor combinations. So, if I if I include something included something that, you know, you just couldn't get or was a one-off, then what's the fucking point? That's useless. So, that would have been an excellent beer. It is an excellent beer. I don't know how it would have actually stacked up with chicken nuggets because I've never paired them. But And you know, a, a note on flavor pairings in general, don't put very much stock into them. Taste is so subjective. I mean, palates are so subjective. They're affected by what you've eaten in, in any given day. Your brain assembles what you're actually tasting out of different sense memories that you're formed associations with, so a pairing guide isn't really going to be useful unless you understand your own palette. but it it's fun. It's just fun stuff to try.
1: Quinanin?
0: Quinanin Falls.
1: Quinnin Yeah, oh, Quinanin Falls. Quinanin.
0: <laughs> that was a, a hoppy lager from Bells, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't know if it became a regular release, but it was everywhere at the time, and I really liked it. Uh, If I remember correctly, it had this really nice balance of like a like a doughy yeast roll malt character and a pine bitterness um, from the hops, all while being really crisp and easy drinking. And I thought that accompanied savory really well. Orval. Orval. Oh my
1: fucking god! I just think of Orval Redenbacher, (laughs) the popcorn.
0: (laughs) That's. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Orval is like the, one of the best beers in the world, hands down.
1: Why is that?
0: It's just great. <laughs> okay. <sorry>. Uh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> How dare you question it? No, it's um, it's a Belgian pale ale. Uh, it's a Trappist beer, which means that it's made in a monastery by Trappist monks. Theoretically. Mm. <laughs> Not going to get into that, uh, but uh, I, don't, I can't read the last one. It's just a great beer if you have a chance to drink it. Drink it, <laughs> which you could if you wanted to. It's around. Use your contacts
1: <laughs> if you want to. It's yeah. the key term there.
0: Uh, Fastina Pesh. Um, that's a Dogfish Head beer, and Dogfish Head, they've done a really good job of being craft beer ambassadors, but they also fall victim to kind of playing adjunct Mad Libs is what I call it, where it's just, you know, hacking... And and adjunct is... It actually has two definitions. The technical definition and then the socially understood definition. The technical definition being anything that's included in a beer that is not a fermentable... uh, And the social definition being just... Anything you want to fucking throw in a beer? <laughs> it's just like, like, what comes to mind is I just had a Southern Grist uh, sour called Imperial Rings and Fins, and they conditioned it on shark gummies, and and just like this trolley gummy rings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would've been really good if it didn't taste like dish soap. Also, <laughs> but it. <laughs> so those would technically be adjuncts, even though I'm sure some of the sugar in that. But anyway, we're getting too far in the weeds on that. <laughs> um, but so, Doctor's Head has a tendency to make beers that have like a whole list of things that they've added into them. Festina Pesh is an exception to that. It's just a really straightforward, summery sour. They've kind of rebranded and reformulated the recipe a few times, I think, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. So the Festina Pesh that I was um, recommending might not be the Pestino the, the Pesce that exists now, um, but it is a style called a, a Berliner Weiss, which is a German wheat beer um, that is sour. Uh, so it's very light, easy drinking, and Pech, Uh Peach. So a peach Berliner. So just think about a really nice Easy summery wheat peach lemonade drink along with your nuggets. I can't believe we're talking about this article. I haven't thought about it in so long. oh we have one
1: more. <laughs> okay. Your last one was Helen High Watermelon. Helen High Watermelon. Sounds
0: good. Yeah, it is good. Um, <laughs> All right. They made a it. sour version, and I think they've made a tangerine version, hmm. maybe. Some sort of orange citrus version. Um, 21st Amendment. And that's a pretty readily available beer now. I think you can even like get it in 12 packs. Before it was just six packs. Mm-hmm. But you know it's successful when they're doing the big boys of it. Um, but it doesn't... I included it because it is actually just a really refreshing low ABV beer. And the watermelon character actually tastes like watermelon. So it's not... A lot of watermelon beers, particularly sours, kind of go for that Jolly Rancher kind of kind of deal, which there's nothing wrong with. That shit's delicious, but, um, and that might even work well with chicken nuggets, but I just, <laughs> I was a big fan of the beer at the time. I haven't had it in a long time.
1: Right, and there's one more thing written on this list that I'm trying so hard to read, but it just doesn't make sense in my head.
0: It go right for the nugular.
1: Oh!
0: It's <laughs> fucking well, jugular. Well, see, fun. I was. I was... <laughs> Not too chicken to go right for the nugulars. Oh. <laughs> God, yeah. layers of pun.
1: That could be the topic, or the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the mic fell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll edit that part. Mm-hmm. Okay, I told but... you I'm funny
1: and I fucking hate it. It
0: doesn't tell you I need to angle it up some. Uh, nah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello? <laughs> uh, uh, that's better. <laughs> Go right for the nut <laughs> killer.
0: too chicken.
1: Do you know what that honestly makes me think of? What? The, um, the yellow belly lizard... Lizards from Holes... The yellow belly makes you like you're a coward, that, yeah. like, that's what that means. Yeah, I don't know why, it just makes me think of holes. Just like the term yellow belly, I'm like, oh yeah, holes.
0: <laughs> so now you all know Audrey thinks about holes a lot.
1: <laughs> Out of context, that could be taken very poorly.
2: Um.
1: Gavin, last week, or last episode, we talked about, yes we are, we talked about A Hidden Life,
0: Yeah.
1: how you watched half of it, or an hour and a half of it,
0: so I, I meant to watch all of it, but the main topic of today's episode is burnout, and I didn't get to all of it, because I'm burnt the fuck out. So I mentioned that I've been working 12-hour shifts, so, you know, I'm coming home working uh, 9 to 9, and uh, trying to sit down for a three-hour movie at that point Mm -hmm. becomes...
1: Just like a chore.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult, and especially one that... This movie requires the investment of a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because... There's a lot going on. But it just it's it's all very it's all actually I think it's very organic, but it's also subtle. Yeah. Um So and it and it doesn't Hollywood them up at all, really, I don't feel. So it, it kind of has that I wanna say shapeless. Mm-hmm quality of real life where it just kind of goes there there aren't this this the script hasn't been massaged into hitting the structural story beats that sort of propel you along a normal plot Uh,
1: do you understand like why now i'm like i'm like i said it's cinematically like it's beautiful like the cinematography is, is really really nice like the setting the scenery everything is beautiful the, but the yeah. story and the plot is basically <laughs> non-existent
0: well yeah it's very airy and and just uh, i'm struggling to find the right word but yeah cinematically it is amazing uh-huh like the the shots the editing mm-hmm. like this is uh, uh, it's a masterwork i would say like this movie is incredible I, I not only am i going to finish it but i feel like i'm probably going to watch it multiple times
1: yeah um <laughs> I, i'm sorry i was reading my notes i brought my notes in from like two years ago and i watched it or the last year when i watched it and i just have right here visually beautiful see that what that means like the scenery the set design and the locations absolutely beautiful my very next note right under there. Very anticlimactic. Boring with three <laughs>
0: exclamation marks. <laughs> so, I would agree that it is boring. But one thing that I will say is that I don't necessarily think boring is a knock against Oh, no,
1: absolutely not. But it's it just something that you watch and the entire time you're just kind of
0: like mm, I could be doing something better <laughs> well see I don't even know that I feel that I don't I felt like it was what I've invested in it has been time well spent okay but I just wouldn't call it entertainment right yeah. so like it, it 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 does feel like the cinematic equivalent of eating your vegetables in a way, you know, where it's like, this isn't great, but I'm gonna feel better after this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just want to talk a little more about the set and setting a little more. I mean, it makes Austria look like, I mean, is it is it actually filmed in Austria? Because that's where the, the, the historical event took place. I
1: know it was another country, for sure. I just don't no, it's
0: definitely it not was. America. Oh, yeah. no, nothing looks like that in America. I'm pretty sure that it was Austria. I swore in the beginning that I was going to commit to being confidently wrong. So I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say that this was filmed in Austria. Okay. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, so be it. But it's just, and everything, every shop is so vast. Like mm-hmm. you're never. Close enough to a character that you don't see the landscape behind them. Yeah. Like the, the, the this village is a character in the movie.
1: There is actually a part which you should have seen it already that I absolutely hated. Um, where it was like super super close and just kind of like jumping back and forth between characters. Mm. Um.
0: I think it maybe it's when he's arguing with the mayor.
1: Yeah. In the in the town square. Yeah. That was honestly like my least favorite part.
0: Well, because it was
1: of, just yeah. so weird. It felt like like a million flashbacks. Wait, it, was it was so the displaced. Cut. The,
0: the movie does a thing where like a character will have will be having a conversation
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then it'll cut to an event that is like happening after that, yeah. but that conversation will continue as a voiceover. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to connect what they're talking about to yeah. another event. And it's interesting, but it also makes the experience of trying to process right the the chronology of what's happening very slippery mm-hmm. when <laughs> disorienting they,
1: if yeah. you notice when they cut back to that same conversation their mouths aren't moving so it's like they're just staring at each other so yeah. it's not lining up whatsoever yeah.
0: or there'll, there'll be places where you know they're having a conversation and it'll do that mm-hmm. and it'll cut back to the conversation and it's in a different time and place yeah You know, like they were in the town square and then they'll like be in his barn you know <laughs> By the way, I guess we should say spoilers for a hidden life. If any of you have been sitting on your hands waiting to watch the latest Terrence Malick jam, and we're totally fucking your shit up right now, I, sorry. I, 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 I was actually planning on
1: reading through all of my
0: notes,
1: <laughs> like the first page and a half. Well. Six. Because literally, I just gave up at this point. Because I wrote, (laughs) I literally wrote it all out. Like, all of this, like, halfway through the page is 30 minutes. And then through that page to the next one is an hour. And then three-fourths of the way down is an hour and a half. And then from here, I just gave up. And that was at the end, so 2.38.
0: But honestly, uh, as difficult as it is to parse that stuff, I I do kind of feel like the, the slipperiness of the chronology and everything a service to the filmmaking and the story itself because it's based on something that actually happened and you know I've gone through phases where I'm really into creative nonfiction. and when you're trying to write or make something about something that actually happened specifically even something that happened to you uh there's you know kind of I don't know if it would technically count as imposter syndrome or something, kind of sets in where it's like, well, do I remember that correctly? Or, you know, who's it was to say that it actually happened exactly like that, or... You know, so there is kind of a... So to treat it as almost dreamlike
2: mm-hmm.
0: makes a lot of sense and seems really authentic. Um, but also, the, the stories, like, or the themes are really centered in a religious place, and that was something that I wanted to get into, but this uh, you know it's the first like 20 minutes of the movie isn't showing you anything except how good this guy's life is yeah um Franz. yeah his name's Franz, right i don't remember yeah Franz and um shit can't remember his wife's name but like they just have this it's just talking about their perfect little pastoral life they're in this valley they're surrounded by gorgeous mountains it's so disconnected from anything like you almost forget what time period it is because mm-hmm. they're they're so isolated you and everything's so do. idyllic. Yeah. yeah, like I it, I had to keep reminding myself that this was taking place during World War II. And like when he first goes to to be called back, you know, like when they're going to the train station, that's the first
2: mm-hmm.
0: industrial or modern yeah. thing that you see. Um, but it's almost like they're in an Eden, and they, and they talk about. You know, we lived above the clouds, mm-hmm. and that to me, you know, it brings to mind, you know, like heaven. Yeah. You know, you, when you're in heaven, you're in this perfect place, and time doesn't matter. You're just, when you're in eternity, there is no flow of time. So just seeing these little snippets that don't seem to communicate any sense of time or chronology seems to help establish that theme to me in the beginning. And I I like that. As much as it is difficult to pin down a narrative structure with that, I don't think narrative structure is the most important thing about the movie, if that makes sense.
1: To me, it is. (laughs) Like, literally, coming from, like, a filmmaker standpoint, which, like, I'm not, like, the most experienced. I'm not, like... Sc- Scorsese or whatever, you know, like, I'm not a big-time filmmaker or anything like that, but, you know, I've gone through the classes, I've gone, like, I've worked on a couple feature films here and there, which, fun fact, just real quick, um, uh, the other day, I was on Facebook, because uh, someone tagged me something, one of my old classmates, and, um, the movie, uh, the Billy Crystal movie that I worked on yeah. in 2019, is finally going to be released in Oh May. shit, no,
0: I read about that. That's yeah. the one you worked
1: on? Yeah, the Oh, Here I Today. Almost, yeah. yeah, I
0: almost texted you and was like, your boy Billy Crystal is doing some shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's the one I worked on. It was because of COVID, it was in post-production forever. Uh, it's hopefully going to be released May 7th, and I'm in IMDb for it twice. Nice! <laughs> it's so cool. Um, anyway, back to the movie at hand. <laughs> um, I think
0: that was an important aside. I think so, too. <laughs> um,
1: oh, it's she's so cool. It is so cool. <laughs> I showed everybody at work. I'm like, look, I'm there. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> anyway, back. <laughs> um, for me, um, uh, just order. It has to be. Like, I understand flashbacks Cause like it just sometimes it just makes sense Like one of the worst things you could do Is basically have that character come out And be like oh yeah I remember when this Happened because blah 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 And now that's why everything's like this Like that's awful I fucking hate that shit so much Um there's really no way to get around it Unless you have like an entire story About it you know Uh, But sometimes it's just necessary Um but for me It was just the timeline Was so confusing for me it, is. I, it just didn't. I, that's like one of the, the biggest things I have of it. Um, but also, a lot of my, my gripes with it was just the camera movement in general. Um, because for me personally, I like, like, if I'm filming something, I prefer everything to be on sticks, like tripods. I just have it all static. Um, but, shaky cam. Me, I do not. Because this, <laughs> this movie was all camera verite. Uh, or not camera, um, cinema verite. Um, so that means it was all like on a, like an easy rig or, um, um, just handheld, whatever. So it was always following somebody. It was always camera, like handheld, yeah. you know? Um, so it was always, always moving. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's sticks in it at all, but it, because of that, a lot of the heads were cut off in the, in some of the scenes. Uh, it was always shaky, always janky camera movements. Um, There was also just a lot of, like, random jump cuts uh, that didn't make any sense. There
0: are a lot, yeah, he almost creates, like, I I don't even know how to say it, because it's not, like, montage, but there are, you know, you'll, like, I remember one that really stood out, and I I actually thought it was really beautiful, but it also didn't make a lot of sense to me, where, you know, I think someone was talking to someone in the woods, and it just, like, Uh smashes to someone... I think even Franz uh, walking down this road and you just see the whole horizon in front of him. Yeah. And it was just some really weird editing choices, but I think aesthetically I found them interesting, mm-hmm. even if they didn't make sense. <laughs> I think like there's some attempt at symbolism
1: yeah. in some of them. Yeah. But it,
0: like it's so quick mm-hmm. that you can't really catch yeah, it. Today. I feel like this is a movie that if you don't watch it at least a couple times, you yeah. never, you never definitely, really see it. Yeah, you but. definitely
1: have to sit down and watch it. Like that's what I do for all of my friends and stuff. Like, I have notes in here, um, probably in here, from like something that Jake has done. Uh, and I just watch some stuff like five times through. I'm like, okay, this, these are my notes, and then I, I give them to him. But she doesn't really ask for but it's what I have to do because uh, I can't watch something without analyzing it. But um, back to the like camera or cinema verite with all like the the movements and stuff and how I prefer sticks. Um, it's not that I, like I, I like I have pulled off the barrel of the camera while we're on like a Ronin or something. So like we're walking like a hundred feet on a um, uh, what was the lens? <sighs> I can't remember, but it was it a was hundred millimeter. Completely wide open, so it was already the worst pooling that you could possibly do because that's so freaking hard. And I'm just like, I'm nailing it. I'm so like, I'm so close to max in that in that tiny, tiny range where like you can't really do anything. So I know for sure it's the hardest things to do for that kind of pool because not only do you have to like verify not verify but throw in the variables of a you have to make sure it's in focus at all times. The camera's moving and so are the characters. So you have to judge the distance every single step, because they one step in, if they don't the, the actor doesn't do their step, they could be closer or too far away from where you need them to be. So you're constantly like even with like the like the widest lens, like this these what they filmed on were like really really wide lenses. Um, so you, that's why you saw all the scenery all the time.
2: Yeah.
1: Um So with like what I did, like the 100 millimeter, it's such a like a short distance you know um uh, it's just something super super hard to always keep in focus um so it's just it's already really hard to do uh why you have a little bit more room to play with because a lot of, like everything's gonna be focused like if you throw indies and everything on it it's gonna be more
0: focused
1: uh, but it was just I don't know it was just so weird
0: well uh, there are also points I don't know shy is the appropriate yeah, term, yeah. but like where you, those shots were, it almost seemed like the, the, lens, the camera was manipulating the scenery to make it seem like they were, it was always in like a U shape yeah. around them, so like once you got to the outer edges of the screen, mm-hmm. it would blur and warp a little.
1: That's that's based on the kind of wide lenses that they use, okay. because like I, I think, and I might be wrong, but like 24 is like a really good, like substantial... Uh, lens that you want to use for, like, your wide shots. But anywhere below
0: that is usually when you start getting that fisheye kind of look. Okay. See, I love that you know the technical stuff about this. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm purely from a literature background, just, like, picking <laughs> up the themes and symbols and trying to approach this, you know, as, like, a visual version of that. As a
1: normal and... person would. And then you get got the film <laughs> majors, are like, no.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that head was cut off just a smidge. It's not in the, like, the uh, third eye or third... It's not in thirds. There we go. Uh, but no, it's just a lot of it was all technical stuff for me. Um, like well, one of my favorite notes here is I get that it's supposed to mimic human movement, but oof, it's <laughs> one of my favorite notes. Um, but I don't know. The timeline was confusing. And all the words traveled like the word traveled so fast. Did you ever pick up on that? Like they could be like, oh, this person doesn't want to follow the Nazi um, uh, rules and regulations. And then the entire village
0: knew that within like a second. Yeah, that was so. Well, weird. I mean, part of that is it seemed like a second, but we also don't have a firm grasp of the passage of time. Right, because there so, is no timeline. But but also, I mean, small villages like that. I mean, this is this is an era before social media and how yeah. you know, things how you know, fast things spread across the internet. Like people talk to each other, mm-hmm. and, and that's how they stayed abreast yeah. the of current events. And so with a a tight-knit village like that that is so isolated from the rest of the world, communal knowledge is really important for them to continue functioning as a community.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, with that, though, one of, uh... with the whole timeline thing, um, I honestly couldn't tell you where they, like, resided in their village. Because at some point, you're like, oh, they live, like, miles away from somebody. And then the next scene, they're just walking up the alley, and they're at the house, surrounded by people. Like, how does this make sense to
0: anybody? Right, it's very hard to pin down, like... It. Yeah, because I thought that, too, because I was like, well, their farmhouse is pretty isolated. But mm-hmm. then, you know, he'd be playing in the yard with his kids, and you would see a hill in the background yeah. with a, a neighboring house on it. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have that, like, road by their house. Um, and I keep waiting for the guy on the bike. They keep getting passed by a guy on the bike that's Mm -hmm. like ring ring. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, you're repeating this image and what is it? Like (laughs) these
1: people are time travelers. They teleport into scenes and places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm torn on because you know it aesthetically I find it really interesting. Um and it also, I, I mean in terms of Eliciting an emotional response uh, when when things, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in, in terms of like thinking back on important life events or you know dramatic events, like that's how I remember them is in snatches mm-hmm. like that. And so I feel like the film communicates that, but it's it's kind of hard because there's a dissonance because you're watching something that is truly like traumatic in a, in a very real way not in a dramatic way though so it's not using any of that elevated imagery or characterization that's presenting to you you know the, the moral struggle of this character in a very grounded way so it doesn't grab you the way you know like your internalized you know the way you internalize the language of film, and and you know what it's trying to tell you. When it doesn't, it doesn't follow that. Um, so you kind of almost have to work at at uh, understanding why you're looking at what you're looking at, <laughs> or or how it's organized or mm-hmm. not organized. <laughs> yeah. Which it seems like it's all it all feels very deliberate. It just isn't tight but i don't know if it's supposed to be tight you know like
1: yeah well with that um i was reading through again and one of my notes said uh there's like an awkward chemistry between the characters like they they (laughs) seem so uncomfortable around each other like especially the main two the man and woman
0: and then right down here
1: there's a there's a scene with this old man it's just a close-up of this old man (laughs) it's the first time you saw him in the entire film so far and this is probably 50 minutes in almost an hour and all of a sudden he's just crying there's no reason why it literally cuts to the same angle and everything and he's completely fine and then he's just forcibly trying to make himself cry i don't i don't know (laughs) just Uh the weirdest thing
0: well i think i think a lot of i think the film relies on you having some background information on the actual historical event to be able to contextualize what's happening yeah. and I specifically don't <laughs> I mean I, I uh, you know I know some things but I, I not this specific story of this conscientious objector uh, in his village but just I, I, I've interpreted that tension as a symptom of so there's like a... It's like, I would say, the, the corporate structure of fascism. So you've got Hitler at the top and, and you know, the Nazi party proliferating and everybody has to pledge to Hitler. Uh, and it's a very fear-based and very out for yourself sort of thing. So the mayor, who's a piece of shit, basically, but he's racist he's very racist (laughs) like he has that racist rant when they're all drinking beer and it's like oh god uh but but also he is very legitimately concerned for his community and part of his beef is like the way the Nazis you know enforce their their power and Hitler's rule is set up a lot like a corporation when it's just like you know shit's gonna run downhill so like if if they come here and they're recruiting soldiers and you don't want to go because you don't believe in this, who do you think that they're going to talk to? You know, they're going to be mad at you. They're going to, you know, wreck your shit, kill your family, maybe you, but first, yeah, it's going to come down on me because I'm the mayor. I'm in charge here, you know, and then they're, they're going to say, why don't you have your people together, you know, get your house in order. And so like, and he's <laughs> throughout the movie, edits, or the part of it I've seen so far, There, anybody who's in any position of power or leadership is afraid Mm -hmm. and because of the step above them. And so it's just like this ladder of fear of just like, if I make a wrong move then all of this is going to fall apart Mm -hmm. and they're going to kill me. (laughs) So there's a tension of, you know, are you... Are you going to, if I say what I really feel about this, are you going to rat me out mm-hmm. to try to get yourself in a better position so that you're safer right. from the threat? It's all like yeah. very hegemonic and political and right. duplicitous. And so, like, everybody's afraid. Right. And so, nobody can really be comfortable around each other for fear of accidentally saying the wrong thing and, and that turning into their family being killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah,
1: which is is kind of relates to it, but like uh, we talked about before we got started, how like where where you ended at uh, Berlin, and he ended up in jail so many times for for not doing what he's told. Yeah. Uh, But one of the funny things to me about that entire situation was um, he never wanted to protest while he was at his own house. Uh, he only did it after he got drafted, no. uh, so that just didn't make any sense.
0: Well, I mean, he he didn't openly protest, but he questioned. I,
1: well, he never did the pledge, the Nazi no. pledge.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, and then, of course, that's when all hell broke loose for him. But right? that's like basically when he got sent to Berlin. That that well, that third time. That would have been his third time in jail, I believe. Um, maybe it's the
0: second. I'm not sure. I think it's the second because he he didn't refuse so he was in the service but it was just like a training thing i felt mm. like he was just hanging out with some dudes stabbing some straw men and then <laughs> he went home cuz france surrendered i think is the how how that went and so they thought maybe this was over and then they're calling people back and they send representatives to the town and he's like i got nothing for you yeah. no nope, not doing this and they're yeah. just kind of shocked they don't know what to do because why wouldn't you enthusiastically sign up to serve your country and and uh and then eventually he's just called back and drafted essentially and that's when he doesn't take the pledge and they imprison him
1: well yeah the first time we saw him at war it was like the first ten minutes of the movie
0: Yeah, and
1: and then an hour in he gets served his papers which uh, another like uh, technicality thing for me was he crumples it up, puts it into his wife's hands, and then the next scene that you see is perfectly folded in her hands.
0: Oh no, there's, I missed that. There's no <laughs>
1: continuity in here, like with that entire thing. Um, I, really, I literally don't know how the fuck
0: there.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, t- t- she's holding a rope by a fence, uh, and in her hand that rope appears in three different spots, or her hand appears in three different spots during the cuts and then sis, her, her sisters or something are just in the field talking and then like, like really close to each other and then the very next angle they're so far apart which like in the film I just did like last weekend um we we had we had to cheat the actors so we could see them because we had a like the camera between this guy's legs and so we, they were back here in the distance so we had to cheat them a little bit closer but when we got in front we put them like somewhat back apart again yeah. so it doesn't look like they're like right on top of each other but that's how you do it so it's not noticeable okay. but this was so noticeable I literally had to make a note about it wow. because like okay. that would be how close you and I are like we're probably we could touch elbows right now yeah. but in the next scene you're gonna be out in the living room and i'll still be in here that's how bad it
0: was so i'm probably not gonna watch the second half of this i'm gonna go back and start over when i when i do this yeah i I apparently was not paying as close attention to the visual continuity which is apparently shit it's awful
1: there's no continuity but the thing is like I, I didn't want to like. I don't want you to rewatch it, like I, right now. Finish it and then rewatch it if you have to. Okay. Because you don't have the mind of like this isn't a, a de- like a degrading or anything, but you don't have the uh-huh. mind of a filmmaker who's like no, I don't. always <laughs> watching out for the continuity or the camera movements or the angles or the what yeah. kind of lenses they use. You're watching it to be entertained and to understand the storyline and everything like that. So you're watching it for your own sake, while I'm watching it to be like oh. Ew, I don't want to make a movie like this ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else you got there?
1: Um, I'm just, there's another thing where he looks directly at the lens. That's a big no-no. That's breaking the fourth wall. Um, again, no idea where anything is. Um, While well, one of the characters was leaving, he had a trash on the train. He had his bag on his back. And then he just ended up carrying it the rest of the time, which didn't make sense to me, which is obviously, like, something easy you could do, but continuity-wise, it doesn't make sense. No emotion matches with the next angle. Like, you'll be seeing them, like, like, straight on, and they'll be, like, crying. And then they just cut to them, like, a side angle, and they're, like, smiling, happy as can be. And, like, that doesn't... Like, I understand, like, you're probably going through a lot of emotions during this time. Yeah. And everything like that, because, like, like you said... Like, arrow um, era wise whatever but it just doesn't make sense like if you want this movie to be good just keep up continuity like i understand wanting to do like those montages to show the good and the bad like super super fast but oh my god make it make sense first <laughs> um i did realize um about an hour and 30 minutes in uh that's probably where that is um the whole movie is basically told through letters,
0: which I do like. Actually. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I do um, too. But but it just took you so long to get to that point to realize that. Yeah. That then you're like, oh, now I could probably go rewatch it, and now it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, because yeah, there's that's kind of the big voiceover. You're watching this movie as mm-hmm. you know the husband and wife are corresponding with each other. They're mm-hmm. reading you know the letters that they're sending and you're seeing what they're living during the time of you know when they receive that or when they're writing it um and you're always seeing what i think is interesting is you're not watching what franz is doing um while he's writing his letter you're watching what his wife is doing while he's writing his letter And, and i feel so bad his wife. I can't remember her name. I honestly I,
1: think they called him wife or her wife. Really? So I, yeah, it I was at like another name that I watched. I mean, I
0: We're can't... gonna call her Inga. No. I'm just I was literally gonna call her
1: that earlier. Were
0: you really? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I gotta look this up and see if this is this is a thing. Um,
1: no, but continuity didn't have. There wasn't continuity, and that's one of the stupidest, mm, one of the easiest things to keep a hold of. So you have a script <laughs> supervisor.
0: Fanny. 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 is her name. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, but, uh, so I'm a big fan of epistolary novels, which are novels that are...
2: Epistolary?
0: Yeah. That's, <laughs> Sorry. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're all letters. Okay. Um, I like that format because it...
1: That makes a lot of sense. I've seen your, like, poem letter books out there. I don't know. Like, milk and wine. <laughs> I don't know what that is
0: either. Oh. Uh, uh, right, but, it's, <laughs> but I like that format because every... It's really good for character development. Mm-hmm. You're understanding who these people are, but also it gives... You, you're you understanding the plot only as the characters understand it. Mm-hmm. There are, You're learning things that happen between the correspondences. You have a chance to really... Question the narrators because I feel like in a, in a we we'll call it traditional plot structure, especially with a movie, you know, you're watching what's happening and you're focused on a protagonist. So you just kind of assume, unless something else is going on, that that what you're seeing is what's happening. Um, but but in a, a book, you can kind of question, you know, like are they telling the truth? Are they do they think they're telling the truth, but they don't really understand this, you know, like a lot of subtleties there, and yeah. I, I just am a fan of that format.
1: Which, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I, I like that kind of stuff, too. But for me, it just took way too long to get to the point where you're like, oh, it's letters, like, you're supposed to be learning about these people. Because yeah. to me, they're still welcome a lot. Like, I was, to me, I was also too focused on all the continuity issues and all the camera movements and everything like that. So I didn't really I, I probably didn't pay attention to the story as much as I should have.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's just one of those things that you can't get past while you're watching it, because like when I first like my literally like my first semester of like film stuff, I went to watch um, Crazy Rich Asians with my brother and sister-in-law, and the entire <laughs> time <you> <laughs> no we were at the uh, movies ten, in uh in between uh, Athens and Nelsonville, and. I just couldn't watch it. It was it was awful. Like, I didn't like the cinematography. It's
0: too crazy. It, no, it's my gosh. It,
1: it might have just been the screen and the projector as well. I'd have to watch it again to just verify that. But I didn't like it. It just didn't look good to me. It looked like sometimes when we film something, we put uh, fog in there, which we call haze or atmosphere or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I thought it was just way too much of that but I don't know if they used it or not I never really looked into it, didn't care enough. but the funniest thing to me about the cinematography is the cinematographer uh, his name was Vanya uh, Sergil Sir, or something like that he is the same cinematographer that I worked under in New York for Billy Crystal's movie
0: and I wow. didn't know that until so... after
1: <laughs> I started so I'm like, oh, I can't really tell him that. <laughs> I don't like his
0: movie. <laughs> can't believe you didn't like it.
1: I no, it was really good. I, I enjoyed the movie. Stop Agent Eight. Bro, Gavin. <laughs> <damn it. laughs> I love everyone. That's not fair. No, but um, it was just like a little bit of. Like I said, it might have just been the screen or in the projector that made it look funky, but I'd have to
0: watch
1: it again. But it was—it was a good movie, nonetheless. What,
0: just... what was it actually even about? Was oh, it crazy about rich crazy rich Asians?
1: They were crazy, but they were—they were,
0: they, they they were, were crazy rich. rich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I wasn't thinking of it as like crazy, comma. Oh rich yeah, yeah, yeah
1: no, no, you're like right. They're right. crazy rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly. um Which, I don't know any of the main characters' names anymore. Um, but, there was this, the main character is a guy and a girl, of course. And this girl, was they were dating, and he had to go home to see his family. They're having some kind of party. I don't remember what kind of party it was. But at this point, I don't think she knew at all that he was filthy rich. Um, so on the plane over, he was, like, telling her all about her family, and she knew some of them, because I think they've met, or whatever, or they're famous, um, which, I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense how she, she wouldn't know if he would be rich, but, because it was his sister that was famous, for sure, uh, I think she was a model or something, but, she went sees with him to meet the family, go to the party, and, uh, it was out, and out, it was really weird, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, like the plot of it because I remember one time they are like a hangliner uh, just hanging out before they like partying or something I don't remember a lot of it I was it was my first time when we ten, and uh, we had like this big thing of food in front of us I'm like I don't know what's going on I'm uncomfortable <laughs> I didn't think my brother my brother and his wife liked me but now like, I think they do I'm over there enough
0: <laughs> so we've officially derailed from moral objections to Nazism to Asian opulence and <laughs> so I actually think A hidden life warrants a third part because there's a whole dimension of this film, and it's the one that spoke to me the most. That I think if we started talking about it now, we wouldn't actually have time for our main topic. We would have. I could. We could mine a whole hour more out of. I I took notes.
1: We're gonna be. You took notes.
0: I did take notes. I'm so proud of you.
1: Oh my god. You're taking after
2: me.
0: (laughs) But. To prevent further burnout, <laughs> let's—I think—probably table a hidden life until, until, until next episode. So, I hope I hope everybody is enjoying our discussion of a hidden life because you're getting a whole part three. Well,
1: technically
0: part two because the first time I—oh, that's true. Part well, two. well, also, you just well
1: been, yeah. I I talked shit on it the first time too. Yeah, I guess. you did. I, it's a good. Movie? <laughs> <laughs> not really. I take it back. Oh my gosh. I, I think I it's.
0: Uh, it depends on your definition of good. So like with well, the. Okay. Uh,
1: every movie is a good movie because a had not been made. But entertainment wise. Oh no 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 no, <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> entertainment wise, that's where you you come and go. Because to me, it's not very entertaining. Because to me, there's no story. There's no continuity. There's nothing holding it on to be a good movie uh, in that sense, in that um, mathematical, um, technical sense. Um, but it nonetheless, it is a good movie. It, it had great reviews from everybody. Terrence Malick is, a, is an amazing director. It's just no plot. <laughs> and that's where it falls for me.
0: But I, I absolutely agree that it's not entertaining, but it's also just not the kind of movie I watched to be entertained right and despite not being entertaining that doesn't mean that I didn't immensely enjoy it
1: I watched um I'm gonna derail us again but uh for the past like three years my film professor has been like he gets on me for not watching movies because I don't watch movies and so he kept like, telling our classes, like, yeah, you guys need to watch all these movies, all these movies, like old hitman, hitman, uh gangster movies and everything like that. So last night, I watched um, Goodfellas, and oh. I loved it. It really? was so good. I don't know why i never watched it before. I've never seen it. It's really good. You should watch it.
0: Okay. What did you watch it on?
1: I had it recorded from two years ago.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. So <laughs> I'm
1: sure you can I, I think it's on uh it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's in my list okay. to watch and then I still don't watch it on Netflix. <laughs> and the, fast forward to the commercials. No, but it's really good. I recommend it.
0: Okay. It's good. It's on the list. My list is growing faster than I can check things off of it, as always. Same. With anything.
1: I do, um I'm gonna I'm gonna drop an app, kinda like you drop Tapped. Um, I have an, a movie and uh, show tracker. It's really called TV Time, and it, it keeps you like in t- track of all the things that you watched and everything. Uh, I also have one for books, and I stopped reading when I had to move everything around and work and, then, and then. <laughs> Um, interested in this. But you can make a watch list and you can check off things that you have watched. So, like, the last show I am checked off was The Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Hell yeah. Um, You can make your favorite show. So, like, I have a few here, like, Over the Garden Wall Community, uh, Joe Parrot Talks with the Garden Girls. Ball deserves
0: its own episode. Oh my
1: god, I completely agree with you.
0: It's the best.
1: The movies. Like, I watched Shining uh, last December, like, this past December for the first time. You make your favorite movies as well, so it's pretty cool. I recommend TV Time. I'm
0: gonna start using. It's
1: really nice. I watch so many shows. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I've been using it. I just use IMDb, and I don't necessarily like the format. I like I like it for information, but yeah. for keeping track of what I watched yeah. I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> don't like it. Can you see other people's? Stuff? Is there like a social not comment? sure. Soon, or I would. I would have to look into that before
1: okay. I give you an answer on that one. But I feel like you could. Uh, that... I
0: think there's a thing yeah. where you can connect to Facebook or something. Because that's, that's what I kind of miss out on with IMDb, because I am approaching it from like an untapped perspective, which is the, the app where you keep track of beers and yeah. notes and you you know, you can look at other people's right. reviews, tag them in, you know, yours, or be tagged, and... And all this stuff and so Ooh. I want I want to like see like I want to watch movies and be like oh who, which which of my friends have watched this and what did they think of it you there
1: know? there, you can leave reviews oh see because I, I do have mine connected uh you can leave reviews and stuff um so if I were to click on over the garden wall uh season one first episode
0: oh you can rate by episode mm-hmm. oh that see that so there's
1: 158 comments on the first episode okay.
0: That's something that's so. important to me too cuz like there sometimes I'll watch a whole show yeah. and I have trouble coming up with not that it matters what I rate anything cuz nobody gives a fuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I have trouble coming up with a cumulative rating, you know, that represents how I feel about the whole show and I would rather uh
2: yeah
0: do it episode by episode. So if you if you rate it episode by episode, does it come up with an overall score like based on
1: um, well,
0: let's see. How you rated each episode?
1: I mean, I don't really... I don't think I've rated anything besides movies on here. Um, but... I think there there is a rating. Um, so, like, you're
0: looking at community right now. Yeah. So I feel like, from my perspective, almost everything the first two seasons, every episode would be, like, a 4 or 5 out of 5. But then the yeah. overall score of the show would probably be... Like if you look here,
1: <laughs> uh, I think that's all the ratings per episode. Uh, so so a, season, a chart. This is season one. And so episode one had a, probably like a 4.5 or, or 4.7 4. or something. And then if you look over here, like season or episode 1, 2, 8, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 had like almost a 5. So. Oh,
0: so the consensus agrees with me. The whole first season is in the four to five range.
1: Yeah, and if you look... Like oh, season, season two, two is
0: even better. Yeah,
1: season three, season four kind of dropped off a bit. Oh, oh God, season oh, five. Ah. Yeah,
0: and
1: season six, that's when it ended. So their last episode was really good for that season. Yeah, so.
0: yeah I just I don't like the later seasons that much.
1: I loved
0: Community. I watched it all in three days. It's a great show. Oh I, I, People have been telling me to watch it for years, and then they put it on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I added it and ignored it for a while, and then yeah. one night I was playing Animal Crossing. And, <laughs> As one does. Yeah. <laughs> and I just took the switch off, and I was like, I want to watch something in the background while I'm you know, fishing. And... I put it on, and the next thing I knew, I was, like, 20 episodes in. Yeah, you just
1: Animal Crossing down here, and just staring up at the TV. Yeah, I stopped
0: playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> and, and, like, Cass was asleep, she fell asleep on the couch, and I was just sitting there watching it, and the next day I was like, okay, we gotta start this over, and you gotta watch it, and we ended up just, she fell in love with it too, and we
1: six it's seasons Obed. in a movie baby
0: yeah
1: <laughs> have you ever noticed like if i'm talking and i say the word cool i say cool cool, cool" three times yeah because of Ovid. Ob- so there's a guy
0: at work that does
1: that
0: <laughs> and i've picked it up as well because <laughs> i like it it's, it's easy to do. And, yeah
1: for me just it's one of those stutters that i have now also
0: Ovid is the best character I like Troy too. Yeah. Well, they're kind of a, a combo. That's team. part of what drops off for me is like when Robin yeah. when Troy leaves.
1: Yeah,
0: Funky yeah, Donald. I think that's where, where
1: everyone
0: kind of is like, mm, no. Fuck you, Donald Glover. Because yeah, Donald Glover, he doesn't really act anymore. I mean, he does. He does Atlanta. He writes that show, doesn't he? And, oh and shit.
2: Oh no. I've TV. never
0: watched it. I need to. It's on the list. Forgot about the show. I think he actually stopped rapping so much so he could get back into writing. See, I liked his comedy acting. specials. His stand-up is great. Yeah. I think his stand-up's really good.
1: Yeah. I think I knew him there before I knew him in community.
0: Yeah, I knew him as so actually
1: Childish Gambino.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, somebody showed me Childish Gambino, and I was like, "That's the guy from Derek Comedy."
1: And I don't know what that is.
0: It was it so in the early, early quote unquote days of YouTube, there was a YouTube like comedy troupe, Derek mm-hmm. Comedy, and they just made stupid skit videos. It was like sketch comedy.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and he was in that. There was one of the really popular ones was called Bro Rape.
2: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Some of them have not aged well at all. But he was—it uh, was like a Dateline Chris Hansen type thing about like college bros um, and, and inviting people over to play GameCube only to rape them, and and, and he was. <laughs> Dog Glover was one of the big rapists in in, <laughs> in that sketch. Okay. <laughs> and uh, another one was uh, Girls Are Not to Be Trusted, which actually we're gonna watch that. After this, because it's a sketch about a guy in a film class, um, and they have to present their finals, which is a short film yeah. they've, they've made. And uh, he's in the class with his ex girlfriend who cheated on him with his friend. Mm-hmm. And so every film that he presents, Derails into being about what a piece piece of shit she is, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like calling her out directly.
1: Sounds like my kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just like I think her name's like Bellany or something like Bellany. that. Or no, her name's Melanie, but he calls her Bellany in the films, and it's like you know the credits roll, and it's like Fuck Bellany Productions and like <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> we're definitely going to watch it oh but God. that's where I first saw him and I, I thought he was hilarious <laughs> and then someone showed me Childish Gambino like around, right after uh, is it Camp that album Sure. this summer will be summer camp bitch yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I love that album but someone showed me that and I was like I know this voice and then, and then they showed me a, a music video or something, and I'm like, holy fuck, it's that dude. It's that dude. So uh, Derek Tommy, I think, ended with a movie called Mystery Team.
1: Okay.
0: I think. I think that's the title. That sounds
1: familiar to me, but I also might be thinking of Mystery Train.
0: <laughs> Mystery Train?
1: That's a
0: movie. You might also be talking, or thinking about Mike Tyson mysteries. No, I'm not. You should be. <laughs> that's lying. your fucking mistake. Are you not aware of Mike Tyson Mysteries? <laughs> no. Oh my God. Okay, I've been, I've been an evangelist for this show lately because I love it. It's Scooby-Doo, <laughs> what? But with Mike Tyson.
1: Like that ass, like Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo.
0: Not, not literally Scooby-Doo, but that show structure, okay. like that that concept. Uh huh. is a team led by Mike Tyson that goes around in a van solving mysteries. Does um, he
1: actually support this? Is he the actual
0: character in this? It's Mike Tyson is voiced by Mike Tyson. Oh
1: my god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How so old is this? They, uh, I think it started in 2016. It's got hey. four seasons. What? Yeah. It's an adult swim show. I oh, didn't become that makes aware of it. Sense. Yeah, right? I didn't become aware of it until a couple months ago when my uh, friend Brianne showed it to me. Uh, and I instantly was like, yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) so they all live in this house together and they have a hutch out back full of pigeons and people will tie mysteries to pigeons and send them to them and so they just go in and pick a pigeon and that's the mystery they go solve and so it's Mike Tyson his uh, young he his Asian daughter that somebody left on his doorstep which I have no idea if that has any connection to reality whatsoever (laughs) but there it is uh, a ghost Okay. Who is voiced by the Dean from Community? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, and a pigeon is on the team. It, he used to be a man. His ex-wife turned him into a pigeon for being a piece of shit. And that pigeon is voiced by Norm Macdonald. Okay. So pretty very much. interesting. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and they go go around like the mysteries. Run the gamut. Um, there's a mystery of the, a woman wants them to come to San Francisco to figure out why her dog hates her new boyfriend. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a, a mystery about um, a phantasm stealing stocks from this company. Or like, man, <laughs> it's it's great. It's great. So, hey, should we actually get to the topic of Probably, this episode? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Honestly,
1: we suck. No, listen, our, our topic, we've mentioned it already, but our topic was supposed to be burnout. And honestly, this was just so nice talking. I know. I, I just didn't even think about being burnt out anymore. Yeah,
0: I feel like I'm recharging. As right? As well as
1: oh my gosh. I think I realized that most of my burnout, though, is from uh, now that I'm not really doing the testing, like, in my own thing like, all day, um, and I'm actually working in the pharmacy, that I'm... I'm my social battery is just drained completely.
0: It's so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> the whole retail structure and model is just abusive, honestly. So we are we haven't really talked about specifically what we do, but we both work in retail pharmacy. Um, for our own sakes, and just to avoid any shit, we're not going to say which retail pharmacy.
1: If you know us, you'll know. But
0: yeah, if you know us, <laughs> But yeah, it's... Uh, we do not represent the company by any means. This is just our experience, and, and, and there's and there is sort of a fraternity. I hate to, say, I don't know,
2: fraternity. Not
0: like a literal fraternity, like Greek life, but a fraternal thing amongst people who work in mm-hmm. in retail yeah. pharmacy. I, I don't I hate to use the word fraternal with it. It is
1: a yeah, yeah, kind
0: of like a male. but uh, it's everybody. There's a camaraderie. There we go. Um, Because it's it's one of those things where you see someone else who's worked in retail pharmacy and it's like, yeah, they know. Yeah, they know. They know. They know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's... I actually had the regional healthcare supervisor tell me not to work schedule that I'm working. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I... I don't see a way around it. Yeah. You know, like, if I don't, then the, the pharmacy's just not going to run yeah, <laughs> the least, way it needs to run, yeah. you know, so.
1: You know, he stopped in for us the other day, too, and um, he asked me, like, Audrey, so what's going on with this thing that you were working on? I'm like, listen, I worked on this thing for three hours. Uh, what? Okay, I'll, I'll explain what I was doing. So with the, the testing and everything, we had five-gallon buckets, and we put everything in like stereo cycle so we're sending it okay. off or those ships like by mail you know and so we would send them off and we ended up getting so many because they're automatically being ordered we get like five or four a week so we have currently 34 in our stock room uh just wow. the five gallon buckets
0: oh, that's gonna hold a lot of tests
1: mm-hmm uh, when we were super, super busy, they could fill up in like two days, but we're not really that busy anymore, so it takes like five days yeah. to fill up.
0: People are getting and, vaccinated, so the, the yeah. test does not required as often.
1: Right. And so, uh, they switched us like a week or two ago to the, the cardboard boxes again that we had on the outside, but hey, those. they're okay. Um, but they're bigger, so like you don't have to worry about taking them out as much. Yeah. Um... So I asked him when we got that in, I'm like, hey, what do you want me to do with these? Do you want me to send them back? Do you want me to use them? He goes, oh, send them back. That's the instruction that I've been told. So I'm like, okay, great. So I, I spent like three, three, five days, um, talking to dairy cycle trying to get all the shipping labels and everything ready for him, which was already a pain in the butt. And then, um, finally have all the labels I get it I get it to work like an, an hour early so I can start packaging them it took me like three hours to get all the labels and all the boxes um, and then uh, the next day I'm trying to pick up a uh, or pick up, schedule a time for a UPS to pick up all the boxes and stuff because like I said there's 34 and um, in order to do that we had to have an account number and we don't have an account number, so I'm trying to get a hold of somebody in corporate and, like, hey, help me out. And then I texted him again and, like, do you know, like, somebody who'd be good for this? And he's like, oh, email this person. So I emailed this person. He goes, oh, yeah, you're supposed to use them all before, like, you don't send them back, then like, you gotta use all the buckets.
0: Before you can send them back? No,
1: no, 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 no. But, um, but I didn't mean to say that. It was no. kind of my own fault there, but we have to use all the buckets. Yeah. We don't send them back to Stereo Cycle. Like oh. UPS isn't picking them up. We use them, we fill them up, we and then we mail them out back to Cycle, so they can dispose of them properly.
0: Let's, so. So they're like sharps containers. Yeah, right? they're like sharps containers. Well, that the part that's confusing me, and maybe nobody cares about this. We're, we're now just talking about work, but hang in there. Uh, is I mean, well, for actual sharps containers for for needles, they mm-hmm. come. With the return labels already, so that you yes. just you just go ahead and like once you fill it up, you just pack it up, mm-hmm. seal it, and you slap that so, label that it came with on it. So they didn't come with labels, and you had to no, request no, them. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. So what happened? is when they get shipped to the store they're in the brown cardboard box yeah. and then when you open one and use it you take it out of that brown cardboard box and it's in a white cardboard box yes that cardboard box is what has that label to return them mm. but because we didn't use them they were still in the card the brown cardboard box oh
0: so you're talking about returning so, excess
1: yes yeah excess okay. excess yes oh boy so i spent three hours in one day doing the shipping labels and like five honestly a week getting everything else ready and then they're like, yeah, you gotta use them. So then when the healthcare supervisor came in the next day, he's like, Audrey, I, I need you to tell me what's, what's going on. And I started venting down. I almost started crying because I was so like burnt out and stressed. I'm just like, Listen, they're they're working. They're, they're, oh my god, if you're in the pharmacy, you're going to be overworked, because all your coworkers are going to quit, and then yeah. they're going to leave you, like, three people a day, and doing a hundred freaking, no, four hundred scripts a day. Well,
0: because you have to, to do this job, you have to be the kind of person that can just stand there and let waves break over you. Absolutely. You you have to just dig in and just be like, okay, well, this fucking sucks. But there's nothing I can do about it, yeah. so I, uh, other than just try to tough it out. And so, like a lot of people get overwhelmed um, and and panic and and try to maintain control of the situation. And it's not one of those things that you're going to get control over. You just got to hang on. Mm-hmm. You know, what I think you should do in this. Situation yeah, is you just need to Quit. shit in all the containers. No. And that way they're full, and you can send them back.
1: Well, no, because we still have to fill up the the cardboard one before we can use the buckets again, which is such a hassle. But... Hassle. Right. Well, There's 34. The bucket, so. It's gonna take like a month or two to fill up. It'll be
2: fine.
1: <laughs> I just I'm in charge of like all of it like by myself which isn't like a big deal it's just doing that in pharmacy and they're expecting so much from me in pharmacy now I'm just
0: well those expectations that's another thing is so let's let's center this around burnout as a concept I mean burnout happens when you're asked to do something that requires a lot of your faculties a lot of effort a lot of energy Mm -hmm. over and over and over again past the point of exhaustion and retail pharmacy is exhausting it, it is all of those things and the thing is is that once they find out that you can cope yeah. with extreme stress the expectations compound you know so it's, it's very much of a, a turn and burn kind of thing where it's like you know the weak are going to wash out but we got some use out of them and then the, the people who can keep taking the hits and and still show up. Let's see how far we can push this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and it's not unique to retail pharmacy. Retail anything feels that way because you're public facing and there's nothing more exhausting than the public.
1: (laughs) Especially the mean public.
0: (laughs) That's most of them. I, I, I think that The whole retail environment trains people to shed their humanity as soon as they walk into a door. You know, I I, I don't want to be in this mindset where, like, everybody on earth is a piece of shit, but I think that you, you, when you walk into a store, and when I say you, really what I mean are, for the most part, men and women above the age of 50 right now (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) you're trained by the customer service norms that nothing matters except for what you want Mm -hmm. and you know it doesn't doesn't matter you know understanding how things work doesn't matter You know, acting like a person doesn't matter. As soon as you walk into a store, you are nothing but a consumer with a need. And that need needs to be met now because it's all about money. There's no human element whatsoever. Money is the bottom line. The the human element is what can we do to make these people feel like there's a human element so we can continue getting their money. And... So that that leaves the workers in a place where, especially if you're working long hours, it's a very dehumanizing experience. Yeah, which
1: like I'm pretty sure you guys are short staffed already, aren't you?
0: Actually, we're we're in good shape. Right. You know? you? yeah, we got enough people hired, and they don't all suck just kidding if any of you listen to this i love all of you <laughs> yeah same here <laughs> but it
1: just i don't know we've had so many people quit on us and we're, we're still losing people
0: um, and you're always going to yeah
1: but it just it's so demanding how busy you always have to work yourself because if you don't get it done who is because you have many other other choices you know?
0: yeah yeah it's uh, dwight and lavender <laughs> they agree you know, they're yeah. pretty yeah. out too Yeah, it's hard work, being angry at people for existing. (laughs) Wow, they're on something now. I bet they're on, so. so. A little early yet, but maybe. um, Should I cut it? Yeah, sure.
1: Okay, so we don't, there's not really much to talk about burnout because burnout happens to everybody. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be kind of like dragging on. At that point well, I, mean, I feel like so
0: with the, the demographic information that we've gleaned from the people who have been listening to this, I think we're most of the people who have listened to the past... Two. Yeah. Uh, will be well acquainted with what burnout feels like. So, there's not much in belaboring that point. Uh It's it's more of how do you deal with it? You know, how do you in the trenches day in and day out when you're not really getting a break how do you cope? You know, because like, you're not going to get the chance to stop and regroup. Nobody's paid well enough to just stop for a while and then get back into it, you know, you're on the grind and the the struggle is how to keep your soul intact while you're still doing this. You know, work life balance is difficult for anybody, but when you're in a position where your labor's being exploited and you're trapped, how of uh, the human parts of yourself. That's that's the focus of this topic this week. I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with
1: you there. Um, like for me personally, uh, especially back in like uh October through February, I was going in between uh, working every day to going onto film sets and working 15-hour days for like three times days in a row, just going straight back into work. I don't, honestly, Gavin, I don't think I had a day off from October to January, like the middle of January. I never had a day off because of how much I was working at either uh, the site or with film. Uh, It kind of broke me. (laughs) Like, that's when I finally learned how to say no. Like, I can't do this. I need some time for myself. I need to relieve some stress. Um, so like the only thing that I really do is um, when I when I get to that point of exhaustion, is I just have to be alone by myself. Like I don't want anyone around me. I don't feel like talking to anybody. I just need to recharge my social battery, and that means being alone and not doing anything. I just I don't know. Yeah. Just, like, the only way I can I can heal from that.
0: Yeah, I I find a lot of value in being alone, and it's hard, you know, because I've got family I, I mean i have kids but i've got a wife and my dogs dogs don't count because you can don't be don't dogs are family. you can be yeah well no no not that they don't count as family <laughs> that's that's not what i mean they're 100 right. family but, but the they don't audience, they yeah. don't count as i'm i can be alone with my dogs
1: right
0: if that makes sense you know yeah. being alone doesn't necessarily for me have to mean being isolated with nothing nobody else around i can i can be alone in public I can help be alone with my dogs. It's more of that feeling of not having any other forces or entities entering my personal being, I guess. I don't know, that sounds really stupid, but uh, on the fly, that's how I'm gonna word it. (laughs) Um, But for me, it's It's difficult, because I, you know, that being alone is very important to me, to recharge. But at the same time, I'm coming home after a 12-hour day with my wife who hasn't seen me, and is excited to see me, and having to find that time to just sort of, like, hey, I've missed you too, and I want family time, but I also... Just I'm tapped recharged. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally tapped out. Um, and so, for those of you who have significant others uh, or entire families, you do. It's it's difficult to communicate to them how what what how you feel without making it feel like they're a chore or yeah. work. There, they really shouldn't, shouldn't be, if you're with the right person. But at the same time, if you're really, if you're an introvert like me, there's no such thing as. Uh, how do I want to say this? If you're an introvert like me, there, even someone that brings you joy, if you, if you reach a certain place. <laughs> just don't have it in you to interact so I mean what I kind of try to tell my wife is like hey I'd like to be near you or you know and and spend time with you but can I just be a potato during some of that like can we have some time that doesn't demand a lot of you know Interaction necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, no, I, I, don't I completely mean, understand. Like,
1: <laughs> one of the healthiest things you could do in that situation is have healthy boundaries and like know each other well enough to know like what's like, what's a good time to communicate like for something like big, you know, or something like that. Or like what's a time a good time just to like chill out and be alone, you know, just, just hang out together. Like you don't have to do it. Like sit on the couch, watch TV, and that's enough for me. Yeah. Um but not having, having that healthy relationship or boundaries with somebody who asks like where your downfall is So like you and Cass, you guys have a good relationship at least yeah. how I see it it is. We do. Yeah so you you guys like know each other well enough to be like, hey today's just not that, that good of a day like yeah. I would just like to not feel. Like today, well so. and we, we
0: both have those days mm-hmm. and so we're we're good at respecting what, what one person is you know, emotionally exhausted and maybe the other one's having a really good day so we can, you know, find balance in that. And I hope if you're in that situation that you find that balance. But my advice would be to try to really be authentic about your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe even risk poorly communicating them because it... it,
1: Poorly communicating is better than documents. Yes. If you don't communicate and hold it in, it's going to explode. Well, I you, probably yeah. lost a couple of relationships because of how much I've held they've been. So if you don't communicate with your significant other, or even just a friend, it's it's not going to end well. It's down the long road, it's not going to be good. So just communicate. If it, it hurts, it hurts, but yeah. you, you'll get it, right? It's honestly for the better.
0: Well, if you have a good relationship with someone, you can always rein in what you're saying and shape it to what you really mean. Mm-hmm. What's important is to get that vital part. Like, you can tell when you're talking, when you're touching that part that's inside you that needs to come out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And once you get that out and it's in the open, you can then paint a clearer picture of what that is. You know, But sometimes in, in worrying about other people's feelings or how something's going to be perceived, you can maybe not fully evacuate that feeling. Um, because you're trying to control what it looks like. So I would say communicate first and then shape that communication into what you to be truly representative after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I guarantee that you know if, if you wait and you let it all come out it's gonna come out in another way, and it's gonna yeah. be way worse. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I had my share of yeah. those. <laughs>
0: um, so what about what about some actual activities? Like, because something when you don't have a lot of time, those moments that you get to yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you don't have. If, if you if you wait till then to sit and think, okay, what's well, gonna recharge my battery, then you're going to waste that moment thinking about that and then it's time to go back you know to whatever is taxing you and you haven't actually used that because you're not you're not going to have a stretch of time to recharge you're going to have little chunks yeah and so it's about being deliberate with the little time you have mm-hmm. to recharge and re-energize and I know that if I don't have something deliberate planned mm-hmm. or that I don't have, a direct association where it's like, okay, it's recharge time. What do I do to recharge? And I'm probably going to pick up my phone and scroll. Yeah.
1: And I never feel good about
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and at the end of that, not only do I not feel replenished, but now I've added the stress of feeling like I've just wasted time. So like, I feel like, okay, I'm I'm giving a disproportionate amount of my time to something that I'm not passionate about, (laughs) you know, simply there to further my survival. So, the time that I do have outside of that is very precious, and I've just wasted it watching people fight on Facebook or, or you know, just all the shit you get into on doom scrolling and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And you know, I get called out on that a lot by my wife, and, and I appreciate that. Man, <laughs> it's just easy to do because, like, you know, it's it's mind numbing. Yeah. And you confuse mind-numbing with relaxing, and they're not the same. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, something that I've been doing a lot, like, when I get up from work is I just go on a walk. I take Remy, and I go on a walk, where I'm, I'm working out a lot nice. more. Uh, because, A, I want to <laughs> have a better body, <laughs> uh, which is just my own personal situation. But it, it's also working out, it really helps you mentally. Like, it, it, it's like one of those things that I was, I've always heard growing up, like, in counseling stuff, which I did counseling in college. But um, working out lets you mentally be happier and, like, more stimulated, I it guess. Um, it's just something that more tells you get kind of out of a mind bog, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's just always something that you can always do. One of those kind of activities. Uh, I've been going out to dinner with a friend every week before. uh Carrie, uh, Carrie Ramage. Oh, and nice. you I mean, know her. Yeah. Uh, so we, we go out to dinner like every week. Um, it's just something, just, I like to personally fill my time all the time. <laughs> and like, yeah. I crash after that because I just, I'm still so overwhelmed. I just, I don't like to not do something. Right. Uh, so if I don't have anything to do, I feel like I'm just and I an active member of society. I kind of
0: feel a little bit the opposite. I feel like I don't do enough nothing. Yeah. Um, and when I say nothing, I mean just, you know, like when you sleep, your body's doing all sorts of things. It's memories, it's, it's healing stuff. There are all these processes, and I need, and I want to, there are certain times where I feel like I need to just regroup. And the only way to regroup is to just sit down with a cup of coffee, sit down with a beer. Yeah. something like that and just be inside myself and yeah not like physically I'm not talking about like a butt plug or something <laughs> <Stop>. like that <laughs> a spiritual butt plug no, I, no. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I've i done a lot of self-reflecting this, pan- this yeah. during this entire pandemic
0: but no brain chemistry is a thing I mean you know when so it's like when you have a good meal versus eating trash. like you know you eat something and you feel like shit afterwards or you eat something and you kind of feel that inner glow. It's like oh, I put something good in me, and my body feels good. I mean, you gotta pay attention to when your brain feels like that. You know, um, and paying attention to the things that are that are healthy for your soul and for your mind, and to gravitate towards those things. So, like, and some of it actually. I feel like relaxation itself is kind of a trap Yeah Sometimes Because you're focused on not expending energy Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing As replenishing Right Energy So sometimes the things that really set me right Are actual work Yeah So like take guitar Like You know Practicing guitar is a physical activity Um, Even if I'm not playing Like quote unquote music Because there's a really therapeutic element Of playing music And it feels good even if I just sit down and I'm running exercises that don't necessarily sound very good or, uh, or aren't meant to be musical, they're just meant to build dexterity or some sort of technique that I'm working on, no matter what I'm doing with guitar um, or, or, or if I'm failing at it and I'm struggling, my brain always feels better when I'm finished doing it. I feel like I, I have that feeling of I've done something that's positive I've healed a part of myself I've worked through some stuff through this activity you know and, and you've really got to find those things that make you feel that way um, you know and you need to balance that with little treats you know yeah. like get a coffee don't let the boomers not to- Tell you not to get Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you not to get Starbucks. Starbucks fucking sucks. <laughs> go get. Go <laughs> get
1: stoked. Yeah. Go get
0: stoked. Yeah. Jeremiah's. Get stoked. Get Blue Rose. Yeah. Jeremiah's. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, it, it don't see like there's so much nuance to everything because you don't you don't want that to become a placeholder. You don't mm-hmm. want to go like oh, I feel sad, so I just need to get a coffee. and A coffee will fill that part of myself. You know, you need to have a healthy balance of that, like, you know what, I'm going to get a coffee. And then it's a simple pleasure and you enjoy it. But then you you can't become dependent on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Take a shit with some crab dip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For reference on that... Look, just check our Twitter, bike underscore cast. Um Yeah.
0: Never <laughs> never eat on the toilet. That is oh. obviously Yeah, if you
1: sit backwards, it's like a little tabletop. Yeah it <laughs> is.
0: You can get a tray. Jesus. But just don't just don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't you know what you should be doing while you're shitting? Shitting. Scrolling it it.
1: through your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Read in yeah, the back yeah. of the
1: shampoo bottle.
0: <laughs> Why would you?
1: If you didn't have your phone. I used to do that when I was little all
0: the time. Really?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't bring my it's... phone into the bathroom usually, because it's just gross to me. But...
0: Well, you're bringing yourself into the bathroom. We're all covered in shit.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: on that affirmation but no we seriously don't eat on the toilet
1: <laughs> like and, a,
0: and to if we're if i'm posting somewhere. our on our account it's shit posting don't don't
1: they're funny please like and retweet. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah but they are not actual advice job,
1: you All drop right.
0: the thing so that's i mean i i, I don't know if that's been helpful Anybody I hope it has. If you want to reach out to us about anything that we talk about, we encourage that. Yeah, we'll interact with it.
1: us. Ask us questions. So if you guys have anything that you want us to talk want us to talk about, uh just give us suggestions. Uh follow our Twitter at bike underscore cast again. Uh we have an email. Uh one bike ghost cast at gmail.com I believe. I'll link it in the description for sure. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, email yeah. It. it. If it's not us, it'll go somewhere, and maybe they know something.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but and when and when I reached out on Twitter and said, "Share with us your self-care tips." I mean it. It's not rhetorical. Send us some. Do you, what do you do? Do you make chamomile tea? Do you rub Nutella on your knees? What do you do? I'm
1: the little I speak for the trees. Yeah. Chop one down break your fucking knees.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with that, Gavin, let's do some self-reflecting.
0: Yeah. So... Because it's hard to feel burnt out when you're working on yourself and acknowledging yourself. And your issue. Yeah.
1: Uh, So once again, it is the end of the episode, and we are going to do three cards from We're Not Really Strangers and again we got three levels so level one is perception level two is connection and level three is reflection so Gavin, i'm gonna pick one out of level one okay and again i'm gonna ask it and then you answer for me i answer for you and then we share the correct answers just for level one the other two we answer for ourselves okay so do i seem like a cat or a
0: dog person You seem like a dog person.
1: You do too, so.
0: (laughs) Because uh, cats are aloof and uh, not difficult to love, but they are not the goofy, magnanimous kind of animal that a dog is. And we're both goofy and. Yeah. And very. Shit, <laughs> not if, giving a yeah. fuck about anything. I mean, we kind of do, but the people that are like us that we're bonded to, yeah, we're very affectionate towards. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I had to move out like right now and I had to get an animal, well, I would probably get a cat because they are more low maintenance and I don't right. have to interact with it a lot. That's more because uh, like because mentally I couldn't do it either. Yeah. So, uh, but I am definitely more of a dog person. Well,
0: I guess I interpreted that question uh, more like which animal do you prefer, but which oh, no. set of qualities do you embody? Um, yeah, I, yeah. That makes
1: <laughs> more sense because yeah, like dogs are more companion kind of things, and so like yeah. we are friends, especially like we're like yeah, I like you. You're gonna stick around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how dogs people.
0: We're also dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 All right,
0: two. Two. the right card oh good or bad this is the most ghost bite question oh no that could exist i mean we've reached the peak of this game right here okay we have so we just quit everything's done yeah it's been good two episodes (laughs) we did it uh it's been real what is the most unexplainable thing <laughs> ever happened to you?
1: Oh shit. Um, I literally have to think about this. Um, unexplainable. When you were younger, um, did you ever have that like? You had like those stupid little games that you did with like all your classmates and stuff. Did you ever have the one where, like, people would just randomly lick your elbow because you can't feel it?
0: No. I've had someone do that. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, in, like, middle school, I had someone do that to me on the bus once, and it grossed me out. Like, why the hell would you ever do that? Like, that's so weird. To me, that's unexplainable. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing that can come to mind right now.
0: So, for me, I have... I have many ghost bikes. Um... But one of them is, and this is yet to, I've never figured out what happened here, but it was, I was at my mother's house Mm -hmm. um, with Cass and my mom, we're all sitting around her kitchen table. Um, I don't remember what the occasion was, I think we were just hanging out. Mm -hmm. I was having uh, a hibiscus goza from the brewery boulevard in Kansas City. Uh, and I remember this because this this is one of those things that is just strange and it doesn't have any deeper meaning to me it's just one of those things that has happened and I have no idea how to explain it mm-hmm. so that beer was bottled so and it has a bottle cap not mm-hmm. a twist off but you know one that you actually have to yeah to open so I had you know removed the cap and I usually do this thing where I, I remove the cap and try not to uh to um like dent it or anything to see how flawlessly i can remove it and then i put it back on and try to i don't know it's just a stupid thing that i do that when i'm fiddling with stuff while i'm talking i try to get the cap back on without you know okay so that it looks like a perfectly intact bottle of beer yeah um some people fiddle with the labels and tear them off that's what i do uh when i'm preoccupied. So we're we're sitting there talking. I've done this. The the bottle of beer is completely empty. So there's no there's no dregs of liquid or anything in it. Mm-hmm. Because one thing is that you know beer isn't necessarily constantly fermenting. There are traces of yeast in it and as yeast eats sugar and converts it into alcohol among other things it's also emitting uh, gas Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and that gas is pressurized that's why you know on any fermentation vessel you have an airlock because if not if you plug that up the pressure from the gas will eventually cause whatever your cork or bung or whatever you have in there to fire out
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so i've gone back over this and it's never happened to me before there's nothing in there that could have been producing any gas or anything, or at least at that rate, because we're talking about, I poured this beer, I put this cap back on it, and this is maybe ten minutes later. The cap fires off of the top of this empty bottle, and not like a quart, like a champagne cord where it goes off and hits the ceiling, it goes up maybe, it goes straight up, like three inches, it turns over in the air, and lands on the table and she had, at the time had a glass kitchen table was like around and just pink on the glass just turned over and just and rested huh. and we're talking and we all three of us watched this happen and we just had this simultaneously or simultaneous what the fuck <laughs> moment and I I need somebody to explain this to me some person that is qualified I don't, I, I've run over it in my head, I don't understand, because it's not even like, if it could be, there's nothing in the bottle, there's mm-hmm. nothing in there, so there's no pressure in my mind that could have could have caused that, and if there was anything in there, I, I can't imagine that it would have done anything other than force the cap off, and you know, like, it would like, pop a little and slide down, you know, yeah. like or just like boop yeah. and you know just fall off to the side but the fact that it was propelled straight up before turning over in the air like it arced and I mean it, it landed within six inches of the bottle but it went straight up arced fell
2: Jesus
0: it was it, it looked like an invisible hand grabbed it off of the bottle and laid it on the on the table
2: that's insane
0: and I have no fucking clue what to do with that so that's my thing <laughs>
1: I was home alone with me once, and our glass table on our back porch, our back deck just exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's my other one, I guess. <laughs> Alright, third one. Reflection. Ready for this? Reflection. Okay, this one's a wild card. And it says, play around of rock, paper, scissors. Winner can ask their partner anything. Loser must.
0: Hmm. is it best of 3 or Uh, sure oh. okay. wanted to be so the other important question is it rock paper scissors or rock paper scissors shoot it's
1: rock paper scissors shoot why would you okay. why would you go on scissors
0: no no, no i just I, people are fucked up i don't know there's different you do th- lizard
1: spock instead
0: <laughs> do what
1: rock paper scissors lizard spock i don't, I don't it's know it's a big thing All right, no. lock, rock mm-hmm. paper scissors shoot that's right. i don't know why you would even ask that that's so weird
0: because people, it's a thing. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ooh. Okay, you win round one. For the record, she picked scissors, I picked paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. For, oh say, okay, so for the last three, oh. we've each picked the same thing.
1: <laughs> so this is paper, rock, rock. So
0: yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. Oh! She did scissors, I did rock.
1: Okay, last round, probably. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Fuck! Oh. <laughs> okay, do you want to, like, choose a question yourself, or do you want to.
0: So she pick pick picked one? paper, I picked scissors, I win. So the winner gets to ask the loser any question?
1: Yeah, and I have to answer
0: it. Okay. I
1: swear to God. I know your mind. I'm terrified right now. I
0: think that I could come up with a better question than I can pull. Okay. Question is what is that going to be?
1: It doesn't have to be like a self-reflection question. You can ask anything, I guess. (laughs) Alright Gavin, so what is your question?
0: Would you? With the contents of an entire 794 gram maple and cured bacon bushes baked beans can up your ass for an hour and 45 minutes if it could have stopped 9-11. <laughs> what? <laughs> you heard me. When
1: you say... Entirety. Do
0: you... <laughs> you crack the can, you cook it over a campfire, let it cool a little bit, and in it goes. The just whole can? It. Not the can. Oh. Just the beans. Oh my and ass. That's a of bacon. No. <laughs> so you would let 2,000 Americans die.
1: Hey, it made us stronger, didn't it? <laughs> beans won't. <laughs> it's not 3 a.m. I'm not looking like for beans. <laughs> Wow.
0: Gavin, would you? To stop 9-11? Gavin. What would a true patriot I not do?
1: Anything. To
0: stop 9-11? No, Gavin.
1: <laughs> Gavin, I... Yeah. Gavin.
0: It's only an hour and 45 minutes. That's half of a hidden That
1: body. makes you want to throw up. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I literally... I'm, I might throw up. <laughs>
0: You would be allowed. That wouldn't nullify it. As long as the force didn't eject any beans. No. <laughs> nope? Okay. No. I'm, I'm not on trial here, so I'm not going to answer. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> Gross.
0: So, now you all know that Audrey hates America.
1: Oh, fuck off.
0: And Asians. <laughs> what? <Wow>. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Gavin hates me. <laughs> no. Alright, so Episode 2 biko Baiko's gotta scavin. How are you yeah. feeling?
0: Feeling good. It's even long we keep getting longer. I know.
1: We just keep getting into the loop of talking about one thing finally. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like uh we incorporated more feedback, which thank you. We got I feel like we got So much more feedback after the first episode than we did after episode zero. Um our listener base increased. Like if we continue this growth, this is this is cool. (laughs) 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 Gucci. So keep giving us feedback, keep listening. I hope this isn't too much content. I hope this is good. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you're liking this, but we're having fun, so yeah. Alright, this has been Ghost By Cast, Episode 2, title, To Be Determined. So go forth into the world with your beans. And remember, at night,
1: we're all alone.